Miami Dolphins fans, here we are. Here we are. Currently, the Miami Dolphins are in the number seven spot in the playoffs. Can they hold on to it? It's yet to be seen. We've got two more weeks to find out, and most likely they're going to have to win both of those games against the Titans and the Patriots. But welcome to the New Beginnings Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Moss, coming to you. Uh, haven't had an episode in a little while. I got kind of caught up in the um, the trip of going down to New Orleans to watch the Dolphins Monday night game in person, and it was a absolutely amazing trip. Um, great stadium to see a game and had a lot of fun, and had a lot more fun watching the Dolphins actually come away with the victory. And uh, as we got closer to the game and the news came out about uh, their quarterback situation and Ian Book going to be getting the start for the Saints, um, I felt I felt better about the chances for the Dolphins to be favored or, or to win, but definitely felt nervous in the fact that you were coming in with an unknown and you never really know what's going to happen. Um, and, and that, um, you know, the Dolphins have had a tendency to lose some of these big games, some of these primetime games, and uh, even against the Saints in, in some big moments in the past as well. Um, but, but the Dolphins came out, and they took care of business. They did what they needed to do, and um, had a, a fairly strong showing in in, um, in pretty much all phases of their game. Uh, the offense still continues to have some struggles and, and limitations that we, you know, by now we should all be aware of. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today, and and kind of what I saw in person versus what I what I've seen, you know, watching the games on TV so far this year. And I did see a little bit of a difference, and some of it's game to game as well. Uh, but at least in this game specifically, um, there was there was certainly uh, some reasons why why I thought Tua kind of had the day that he did. But before I dive into the game, I definitely want to talk about the fan representation down in New Orleans because it, it was amazing getting to see all those Dolphins fans that came out to support the team. Um, it was a, a very rowdy and pumped-up group, and there's a lot of people that are that are uh, you know really starting to get into it at this time of year. And it's all, it's it's nice to have something to play for uh, always whenever you get to this time of year. Um, but yeah, I got to meet a lot of fans. I got to interact with a lot of people, uh, and uh, there was a lot of excitement during the game. And, and some of the stuff I didn't really see get covered as much. And you know, the media doesn't really cover on on that kind of stuff, regardless, uh, no matter which team it is. But um, you know, near the end of the game, there was a huge Dolphins gathering behind their bench, uh, fan wise, and then you know they were getting pumped up, they were cheering, they were doing chants. Um, the Dolphins players were turning around, they were getting hyped up with the crowd. And it was something great to see, especially as the, the other fans were leaving their stadium. Um, so it, it, it was amazing to see that. And I think that I, I look forward to going to Nashville this week for the Titans game um, and probably hopefully, you know, seeing a lot of the same thing. I talked to a lot of people that said that they were also going to that game that were down there in New Orleans. So uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully another great showing. Uh, but whenever you get in this game, uh, the the only place to really start is the Miami defense that continues their just dominant run, having eight sacks, two interceptions in the game. Um, they you know they couldn't ha- they couldn't have played much better. Uh, it, you know with having Alvin Kamara on the other side, they were able to bottle him up and really limit his yards, and that's really what the recipe was to win the game because every everybody that. Uh, the analysts or experts that that thought that the Saints could pull this game out, it was under the idea that they would, you know, have tough defense, which they did have, um, and a running game, which they did not have, and that that played a lot into Miami's favor, being able to shut down the run. Um, they had both of their tackles out for the game, but they had their interior offensive linemen, who are still pretty good, 
you know, they got a first rounder there, I believe, in one of their uh, guards in Cesar Ruiz, or is he a center? But um, he was a first round pick on the offensive line. Uh, and, and, you know, between Christian Wilkins and, and Zach Sealer and those guys, they were, Raquan Davis, they were able to push up the middle and really get a lot of pressure on, on that rookie quarterback and didn't give him a lot of time to get comfortable. And, and by having the performance that they did, uh, the, the Dolphins have, have been setting records, you know, the uh, NFL all-time records. They're, they're able to start off 1-7 and seven and go on a, a seven-game winning streak. So, you know, they're, they're in uncharted territory here. Um, and, uh, you know, holding a team to 0-12 for 12 on third downs is, is something extremely impressive and something you're not going to see very often. So uh, being able to have that kind of dominant performance is exactly what you need to make sure that if the offense isn't clicking on all cylinders, that you're that you're going to be able to do enough to to hold the victory. Um, the pick six at the beginning of the game was a great way to start it off. It's exactly what they needed. Um, uh, you know, Nick Needham had a great interception return, and and by watching the game in person, who really stood out was Emmanuel Ogba. And my goodness, what a game he had! He was. He was tearing past those offensive linemen just about on every down whenever I was watching. It seemed like he was always in the backfield um, chasing down either the running back or the quarterback. So, you know, what, what a game by him. And it was really nice to see uh, Javon Holland back on the field. You know, he continues to play at a very high level. Um, Javon Holland is proving to be, you know, a, a possible top 10 to maybe even top 5 safety in this league the way that he's been playing. Uh, and he really shows a lot of good young leadership. Uh, you know, on that defense, and he's he's certainly a very special player. But but hats off to the defense; they had an amazing game again. Uh, they're they're going to need to have another great performance this next week if if the Dolphins are, are going to want to have a chance in this game. Uh, but watching them in person, I, it's so much different than than watching watching just through the TV to see how dominant and, and a big presence that that defense actually is. Uh, but a tip to the cap to the uh, the Saints defense as well because they do have some very good defensive players on that team. They were missing their linebackers. They were missing a lot of starters, uh, but they they did still have some very good players on that defense, and they they played very strong. You know, for having all those players out, they came out and they they you could tell that they were uh, they were certainly trying to keep their team in the game and, and trying to get uh, the ball back over there to their offense and. Um, it, it kind of played into Miami's struggles a little bit. Uh, their their defense is is uh, designed. It's usually designed in a way that would give Miami a lot of problems. And I think the fact that they were missing those starters kind of you know that kind of showed um, as far as w- what Miami was able to do when they were able to do it. But the offense overall, um, going over to them, didn't didn't do a terrible job. They were able to to get yards when they needed to. They were able to sustain drives and really control the time of possession. Um, a few, you know, penalties thrown in there as well as uh, stalling out just, you know, just over the 50-yard line, not quite in field goal range. Um, this seemed to plague them a handful of times, you know, just not, just not able to get it at the right moment. And a lot of that was due to the lack of a running game that the Dolphins produced in this game. Um, so they, they were really leaning heavy on, on Tua to, to convert some of these big plays. Uh, which he was able to do quite a few um, and able to get it over to Jalen Waddle, who had a, a, another amazing game and, and continues to show that he is uh, truly the best weapon for the Miami Dolphins by far. And in my opinion, a, a ma- turning out to be an amazing draft pick and, and somebody who's going to um, break some records, it looks like this year. You know, he's already uh, right there as far as the receptions and everything else. And, and uh, I'm curious to see on how many more yards and touchdowns he can possibly add on to that before the season's over. But, um, 
yeah, a truly amazing player, and and he he was electric, and and watching him in person, it just it, it was incredible to see him, and you get that feeling that you get with Tyreek Hill that he is the best player on the field, the best athlete on the field, and and uh, is able to score. And we haven't seen a lot of those breakaway scores, um, but just every time he touches the ball, you get the feeling that he he has the ability to turn it and and take it to the house. So the connection was really good there with him. Uh, they were able to le- limit Mike Gusecki. I uh, continue to see teams just really focus on Mike Gusecki. Um, uh, he, he still had some really good plays, uh, but you can tell teams really do respect Mike and, and uh, the big presence that he can bring over the middle and in big playmaking ability. Um, so I think a lot of teams are really starting to see that, but I think that that's led to a lot of Waddle's successes as well. You know, being able for Mike to open it up over the middle. Uh, and then yeah, Waddle to kind of break away from his man and slip in there. And since the middle of the defense has already pulled away on Mike, you know, that really opens up uh, uh, some field uh, for Waddle, which um, is kind of what happened on that interception with Tua as well. You know, he had Waddle um, on the check down, didn't take it. Um, it looked like Mac Collins uh, just kind of, uh, just kind of, you know, ran a different route than what he was seeing it looked like and it, Tua talked about that in the press conference a little bit um, but still it was you know in a double coverage not a good throw um, but you know we, we've seen a few mistakes like that from Tua but it, people have been banging the table for him to be more aggressive to throw more downfield and, and so taking you know taking shots like that sometimes it's going to result in that but we're seeing a lot more uh, of those uh, you know big plays because then he comes right back and throws a huge deep shot uh, to Matt Collins, and it, it, what an amazing play that was. Um, so, you know, we're not seeing him get phased by these mistakes, and that's one of the things that we've seen from Tua, is he's extremely poised, um, he's been able to fight through every single bit of diversity, and, you know, any of these outside things that people talk about that may be in his head, he's come out, and even when he has made those mistakes, he's been able to come right back and, and uh, lead this team down for big drives, big touchdowns, uh, in the fashion of, you know, bringing the team all the way back down against the Jets, to score that touchdown at the end of the game uh, after he threw a pick six. So, I mean, we've seen we've seen a lot of instances of uh, Tua being able to really bounce back from those type of things. And, and you know, he's been very efficient. He's been keeping his uh, completion percentage, you know, decently high, um, used his legs a little bit during this game and was able to escape some pressure. Uh, and, and so that's really all you can really say about that. Um you know he had he had some good moments in the game. He looked he looked pretty good when I was watching him live. The ball looked really good being thrown. Um, the placement was really good most of the time, but uh, definitely buried my hand my head into my hands uh, after that interception. But it was nice to see him come right back and and for this team to to not you know uh, to not just kind of crumble under the pressure of of a big interception like that. Uh, because the Saints tried to keep it close, and so, you know, for a little while they kept it close. It was a little tense, but, uh, I, you know, throughout that entire time, I never felt like Miami had, had lost control of the momentum. The lack of running game was definitely concerning. Uh, coming off of a, a game with Duke Johnson going for over 100 yards and two touchdowns against the Jets, I was curious to see what they were going to be, uh, do with this, because they still have Philip Lindsay, they have Miles Gaskin, um, but we, we saw exactly what happens when you can get a running back uh, the amount of touches to, to really, you know, what, I, what I've been preaching for for a long time is to get that uh, bell cow running back because you see the best teams in the league have those exact kind of guys. And I, I know that Duke Johnson is not that guy for sure. Um, but all I'm saying is that playing the hot hand and, and giving one guy the majority of the work 
um, is something that is a very uh, beneficial thing that you see from teams around the league. Uh, but the Dolphins came in with those three guys, and they used all three of those guys. And um, all three of them were pretty unsuccessful uh, with as far as uh, their production for the day. But they were able to use the running game, at, at least in enough of a fashion, to, to pick up a couple of downs here and there um, to get yourself uh, set up with you know third and short type of situations. Um, so situational running, they were able to use it well enough, but they were really not able to... Uh, get enough big plays from it to really make their defense respect it. Um, and I, I'm not really sure what the remedy is going to be for that, but I would like to see them find a hot hand and play it. You know, maybe somebody's standing out a little bit more in practice during the week uh, and try to get them the extra carries during whatever, you know, game is coming up. Um, and the, a lot of these backs bring a lot of different things. You know, Miles uh, obviously brings really, really great pass catching ability. Uh, Duke Johnson's been running very hard. I think he's just got a lot of energy with, you know, his big opportunity that he had, but seemed to lose a little bit of steam. Had a couple of good runs in this game, uh, but lost a little steam. And and Philip Lindsay just honestly didn't have that great of a game. He didn't look great running the ball. Um, and I was just banging my head. I just wanted to bang my head on the chair in front of me when it's third down and they run Philip Lindsay out to run the Wildcat. Um, I did not not like that play call. I, I'm kind of I don't want them to throw that in as much as they did, uh, especially when the running game was we're not really getting any momentum. And uh, so I, I you know I was a little confused by the use of their running game at moments. Um, but you know kind of leading into the offensive line with that and, and the offensive line uh, did not really have a very good day. Um, watching it live, especially. I, there was so many moments when, um, you know, Tua did not really have a lot of time to throw the ball. He was having to use his feet, and he, which he did successfully quite a few times. Um, but the uh, they they just didn't give him a lot of time. They didn't open up a lot of running lanes um, for to help the running game, you know, be a little bit more successful, like we saw against the Jets. Um, you know, Austin Jackson move after moving over to left guard has has uh, you know done a decent job, um, but it seems like the last couple of games he's regressed a little bit. He's been having some penalty issues um, and just kind of struggling. Um, but you know, for the most part, they did they did enough. We're definitely still going to need to see some improvement. Um, I, I can't say it enough that Jesse Davis does not need to be on this team. Um, if he is one of the five best starting linemen for this team, then there's an issue because the, I don't know any any of the draft picks, anybody behind him. I feel like you could get some better play because he is just awful. And you know, watching it and watching it in person, just it, it looks even worse. Um, yeah, I mean, you don't you don't even. I mean, what what do we need to bring to the table to? to be able to prove it anymore. He was literally the reason that uh, Tua got his ribs broken in that um, in that Buffalo game. Um, he's given up multiple sacks and, and pressures, all of the above. He's been he's been just awful. And his, his rating after each game, each week, has been accurate, and it's proven it because it's been low, and, and uh, it just hasn't looked very good. So I hope, I hope the offensive line is ready because this next week here, and we'll start uh, talking about the Titans, um, it's not going to be an easy week. It's going to be very difficult, especially as far as their pass rush is concerned. Um, they're a very well-coached team. They've got Ryan Tannehill over there, as we all know. And um, not sure if it's going to be Derrick Henry or, or Foreman uh, at running back for the Titans in this game. Um, 
the Dolphins have been able to shut down running backs as of late, uh, most recently being Alvin Kamara, of course. So if it is Derrick Henry, we got to think that, you know, we've got a lot of big bodies on this defense and we should hopefully be able to slow him up enough uh, to where, you know, he's not a, a game changer. And that, that's what the goal should be. Because the, the way that this defense is set up, um, you know, you can give up 100 yards in a touchdown to Derrick Henry and you can still win. Um, that's, that's not something that's going to, you know, prevent you from winning the game because they're able to lock up the the passing game enough um, and hopefully shut down the running game in big key moments to get the ball back to where um, it, it's still possible. But they're that, that's really got to be the recipe is they're going they're going to need to do everything that they can to stop this rushing game. It's going to be similar uh, to the plan you had against the Saints, uh, but. It's going to be a little different because you're going to have to respect Ryan Tannehill a lot more than you would uh, Ian Book. And, of course, his main target, A.J. Brown, who uh, in his return last week, and granted he was playing against uh, a a cornerback who I believe he was a rookie um, or like a sixth-round pick or something like that. So they they had somebody pretty inexperienced guarding him, but he he certainly looked like he was, you know, healthy and back and, and, and to his, you know, kind of dominant fashion. Um, so we, we obviously have better corners uh, that will be able to match up against him, but uh, you do have to be ready and, and have that help over the top and help where you need it because he is he is by far their best player um, in, in, at the receiving position. And um, with the other injuries that they've had to Julio Jones and in others, the, their receiving Corpse. When really, whenever you look at it, AJ Brown is is the main guy. So you've got you've got two you know essentially two weapons that you need to try to look look at locking down for the game, and it's AJ Brown and whoever their running back is. Um, so whenever you put those you know all of that together, there's there's a recipe for Miami's defense to have a a lot of success in this game, um, and I, I think honestly that's going to be the key to winning again. Uh, but as far as the offense goes. Um, they, they've, they've got the recipe down for, you know, kind of what their identity is and what they want to do. They want to get it to waddle as many times as they can. Um, they want to take a few deep shots here and there, and hopefully Miami is able to get some sort of running game going, at least to be, you know, respectable, uh, and, and for Tua to be, you know, accurate, high completion percentage and, and get a couple of touchdowns. And that's, that, that, that's the recipe for success right there. And if they stay to that, I, I don't see an issue with it. Um, Tennessee has a, has a good defense, um, a defense that can give Miami a lot of problems. Uh, but really, if they're able to, to keep that kind of recipe of controlling the time of possession, uh, short, accurate passes, uh, just enough of a running game, then I think, I think we can be, you know, we can look at a, a possible tight victory um, uh, kind of situation. That's pretty much all I've got about that. Um, so we'll be looking for uh, again. I'm going to be there in person. Uh, looking very forward to it. I'll be making the trip down uh, on New Year's Day, and uh, we'll be there for the game. Look forward to hanging out with a bunch of fans, tailgating, and um, you know, getting getting excited for hopefully another Dolphins victory. Um, if they're able to make this eight wins in a row. Um, it's, it's going to be extremely impressive. There's going to be a lot of energy, especially coming back home for the last game against the New England Patriots and um, the success that the Dolphins have had against the Patriots um, over the last, you know, multiple years, all the way back to the Brady era uh, of, of beating this team at home. Um, not necessarily in big situations, uh, but um, they, they've always been able to to pull away with those victories, even when it seemed like they, they were not favored in those matchups. 
Um, so they've always played good at home against them. Uh, and, and honestly, I look for uh, the possibility of that matchup to be something that we should all look very forward to. But uh, but as the team says, taking it one game at a time, we'll look for the Tennessee right here. Uh, we'll see what happens when they get out and play it on the field. Um, should be should be a high energy game. It's going to be uh, kind of wintry weather ish uh, from at least what I've seen so far. Uh, chance of rain slash snow in the low 30s uh, kind of scenario. So should be a should be a pretty fun game to be at. You know, it's always nice to get those kind of those kind of games in with a you know a little bit different atmosphere. Um, but yes, in the Music City, the Tennessee Titans, the Miami Dolphins should be a great matchup on noon on Sunday. Um, and again, this is the New Beginnings Podcast. My name's Tyler Moss. Feel free to look up the page on Facebook. Uh, send me a message if you would like for me to, do, to discuss or talk about anything on the show. Um, or if you just want to uh, maybe meet up at the game. If you want to just talk about this team or the future of the team. Uh, I'd look forward to uh, getting any of those from you. Um, but I will try to come to you next week. And we'll talk about, hopefully, a Miami Dolphins uh, victory over the Titans and and look forward to the final game of the season against the Patriots and um, the promise of a hopeful playoff berth for this team. So, uh, fins up, everybody. Stay strong, get pumped up, and let's go. (laughs) 